This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey, folks. A self-defense event happens in seconds. And in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense. But if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists. Because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 Critical Response Team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. uscca.com slash G-O-R. Mr. Right. Schwartz, how are you today? Good, man. On the show today, we we have Matt Mallory from Meet the Pressers. What's Meet the Pressers? Well, stay tuned. Yeah, what is that? Stay tuned and find out. We're going to find out. It sounds like a really interesting interview. And then Professor David Yamani, he's going to be in the second hour. He's a sociologist that we've talked to in the past. He's always super interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to talk about stand your ground. We have a, uh, you know, as a sociologist, he's studied gun owners as a group. He has a very interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Super interesting guy. So why don't we go? Why don't we go to? Uh, why don't we go to the ladies and go around the horn? Let's do it. All right, everybody, gather around. Let's hear the latest updates on what's going on in San Diego County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners, and Orange County gun owners. This is around the horn. How about that, Dave? You know, we just can't leave you alone Me, with Brendan. No, that was all Brendan. That was my idea. That, that was, was very it. good, Brendan. Thank you, you just thank you. Phenomenal job. But I support it. I fully support it. I'm sure you did. Why don't we start with Heather Hawk up in Orange County? She's at a pretty cool event right exactly. now. How are you, Heather? Heather Hawk, you there? Yeah. Heather, Heather, Heather. Did they push the button for Heather or ours? Heather. Ah, you're there, girl. All right, yeah. But, cool. yeah. Go ahead, Carla. So Gail, Gail and I are here. Ah, so there you go. At, we're out at the Avocado Festival today, signing up people, talking about our Second Amendment rights, having a good old time. Um, we'll be here for another hour. So um, Inland Empire has uh, their meeting yesterday, which was great, over at PGA Pizza. We have our town hall next Saturday in Marietta. Um it's our uh, protecting yourself and the rising crime rates in Riverside County. We're going to have a lot of great people out there. So go and sign up on the website. And we have a members only shooting social where we're going to be hosting a, uh, a defensive encounters course for our members next uh, the Saturday after that on May 6th. Sounds like a lot of fun, especially the uh, that town hall. If you're listening, you're anywhere near yes. Marietta. Um, mm-hmm. Check out InlandEmpireGunOwners.com for information. And join us. We're going to talk about the rising crime and how it's going to affect gun owners and how gun owners can be prepared. So it'll be a really good event. It's free. 
All right, yes, Carla. It is. It's awesome. So I have my girl Gail standing here next to me because since we're all out here, we're doing a triple thread at the Avocado Festival. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to her so she can give you some feedback. Great. Gail from San Diego County Gun Owners, how are you? Hello. How are you? Fantastic. How's the Avocado We're Festival? having such a great time up here. I can tell you that we just reached nine new members. Nice. Wow. Congratulations. For the day. And how many, how, oh, let me ask you this, how many guacamole jokes have you heard? Ah, <laughs> oh, guacamole. Yeah. I, I, we haven't used that one, and, and I wish we would have. I know, right? Hey, well, you have plenty of time left. I have a sneaky feeling. <laughs> so how, how's the attend? <laughs> have you got a lot of people coming up just kind of curious, like, who are you? What are you? Yes. Yes, and I think that's the fun part of being at these kind of outside the box events where mm-hmm. we're with the general public and it's been a great day. Our orange County and inland sister organizations got some signups. We've gotten some members. I know inland got some members. It's a great day out here. It's fantastic. That's up there in, uh, in uh, Fallbrook, right? And Fallbrook. It's a beautiful day in Fallbrook. Mm-hmm. So That's next awesome. weekend, if anybody wants to experience the fun of this kind of event, we're going to be out at the Encinita Street Fair, so that should be a blast. And then um, going into May, we're going to also be at the Carlsbad Street Fair. Oh, wow. So if somebody wants to have a really fun time, they should come and volunteer at one of these. Big, huge thank you to John Becker for getting that all arranged. He's uh, really yep. been the tip of the spear when it comes to John, organizing. John got sometimes. us the primo spot. John got us the avocado stickers, and we are having a great time out here today. John's the best. Thank you so much for all you do. All right. Anything all right, else, Gail? See you guys later. That's it? All right, no, cool. I think that's it. Thank you so all much. Right, have fun. Bye. Let's go to Heather from Orange County Gun Owners. How are oh, you? No Heather. No Heather. No Heather. She's right. eating avocados. <laughs> well, so she's actually at the Ammo Brothers event, that big, huge one. Oh, yeah, 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 So yeah. that's why she she's probably inundated. I know that was a real big event. Yeah. Remember we talked about Well, you know, we're starting to see more and more involvement, you know, within the community, you know, thanks to San Diego County Gun Owners and- you know, Inland Empire and Orange County. I mean, it's 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 almost infectious. More and more people, you know, and when you can do an event and sign up five to nine people, yeah, that's a real positive. That means you're telling the story. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, activity begets more activity. So it's uh, uh, the more we do, the more people get involved, the better things get. And uh, Is that from your dad? What? Activity begets? Yeah. No, I think it's Whoever it, says begets. I think nobody says begets. I think it's from the Bible. You think? <laughs> I think I read that in the Bible in like fourth grade. <laughs> oh, you could have. Brendan, check on that, would you please? Yeah, somebody get on top of that. Uh, page 97. <laughs> Invicitus or whatever page. Invicitus. I just made that one up. <laughs> That's more of the fun part. That's the I book of affordable watches. Yes, it is. How are you doing in your watches, by the way? I love my watches. I know you do. All 77 of them. That's right. 77. <laughs> I wish. So hey, it's, so, uh, what's, what, what were you going to ask? Wait, 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 what's up with Fletcher? I, I've checked all kinds of hospitals. I can't find him. <laughs> well, that's a good question. We're I actually, looked. We're going to talk a little bit about him. Uh, I'm in, too early. Uh, yeah. In, okay. a, in a couple of segments, we're going to touch on him. Right. But man, what a, what a story. You think? I, I can't help, but I think maybe the term is revel in his, yeah. you know, in his uh, misfortune, which isn't misfortune. It's his own, no, it's his own it's, fault. It's his own fault. Could it be a sitcom? 
I, I, I seriously, so, you know, I, I, I pay a lot of attention to San Diego local politics, obviously. I know you do. And then Orange County politics, and then Inland Empire, which is Riverside and San Bernardino. I truly wonder, I think San Diego politics <laughs> is, is some it, of the most interesting in the I nation. Think, I know. There is always something going on, and it's big. Like, yeah. the, you know, this this story... It's kind of an age-old story. I mean, this this guy who was hungry for power. Yeah, you know, it and, is. And, and he, uh, you know, lied and cheated, cheated and, and, and stole and did everything. Yeah, his worked his way up and you know left uh, the crushed tons of people. Yeah, and, left yeah. people in his wake in his political wake, and then uh, you know flew too close to the sun and burned out. Yeah. And, Isn't that uh, amazing? You know, when you put it that way, because really all you got to do is just yeah, because you can think of a hundred scenarios where that. That happens. It really is. And honestly, I, I've been waiting for years for this to happen. I mean, I didn't know how he was going to burn out. And you thought birthday was going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, right. But, I, you know, I, but you knew it was – it's got to it, – it's – Year after year, I kept going, I guess this guy is just not going to Yeah, I guess he's just not going to get caught. Yeah. And then bang. Bang. But they always do. Well, they always do. I like to think that they always do. I like to think that they always do. Too. You know, he used to work for uh, – Duke Cunningham, the the congressman. Did you know that? No. Yeah, back when he was a uh, Republican. I like Duke. Well, <laughs> he was okay. He we well, did some jail time. Well, yeah, but that's not his fault. <laughs> no, that wasn't Duke. That was uh, his son. I thought it was uh, no, it, not the old man. Get... No, not the old man. The old man was was golden. The kid was the one that got. I think you're talking. About, you're talking about Hunter. Oh yeah, who also worked for Duke. <laughs> By the way, well, Mike, let's, let's. Anyway, I'm telling you, San Diego politics is the most interesting. It could be a book. Hey, don't go anywhere, folks. Tell your friends. Got on his radio FM 96.1 AM 11:70. The answer. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Army veteran, New York State law enforcement officer, and instructor, NRA and USCCA trainer counselor, and podcaster Matt Mallory from Meet the Pressers is next. But first, if you have a, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial. Why? Because if you ever have a legal matter that involves firearms, you need California's firearm lawyer, John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. John specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now. 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon's California Firearms Lawyer, 760-642-7150. Do it now. All right, let's talk to Matt Mallory. We just give a little introduction and what a resume. That's very, very impressive. Matt, are you there? I'm here, sir. How are you? Good, man. You got a lot of titles and bullet points and whatnot on your resume. That's awesome. I always make... I always make the joke in my classes that I, I forget to put overachiever on the list of things <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, it's what an honor. I, I really, truly appreciate you coming on the show and being with us. And thank you for all you do. Second Amendment. Thanks for having related. me. You bet. So let's talk. What, what did, tell us, everybody. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. And then uh, let's let's start talking about Meet the Pressers. 
Sure. Um, so my background, I guess I started playing with BB guns at a young age and, and archery as well. And got a, I think my first BB gun under the Christmas tree, like most uh, most kids from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, what, what was it? From that, Do you remember what it was? The Daisy Road Rider. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, uh, I think it was the uh, Christmas of 19, I'm going to say it was 1986. Is that Christmas that I got it? Anyway. <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> um, so I went from there to uh, in the military and spent four, uh, three years active and then a little bit of National Guard before and after. So I did that, got out, ran an Arby's restaurant in my early 20s in North Carolina. And then we moved back to New York, my wife and I and our children moved back to New York and started doing more tech stuff because my background's been tech since high school. I was both these electronic technology and then got degrees. Uh, then from there, kind of transitioned into teaching gun safety and stuff for, boy, for the Boy Scouts and for Civil Air Patrol and Hunter Ed. And realized that I was good at it, or at least people told me I was good at it and uh, figured I could make a career out of it. So about 15 years ago, I, I switched over to doing it full-time, teaching versus doing tech stuff, and done me good. What did you do for the military? Uh, it's 31 uniforms. So I guess they – I never really realized this, but I guess they changed the MOS over the years. So when I say 31 uniform now, people think military police, but it wasn't. I was uh, radio comms, radio communication. So, so you, you know, I, I think there's a – you know, let, let's talk about something real quick. I would just had a conversation last week with an instructor. Um, I think there's there's a an important place for instructors with no military background, and I don't mean you know they never served in the military, but that's not where they learned about guns. You know, I think that there's uh, an ex, you know a strong and, and and great place for you know guys that carried a gun in the military, and that's where they learned. But I, I really think that there's an important perspective. Uh, from, uh, you know, guys that learned everything, guys and girls, women, who learned everything they know about guns uh, as a civilian. I think it's it's really important. I don't know. Do you think there's a – am I making a mountain out of a molehill, or do you think that there's uh, an important difference? No, I, I think 1,000%. You're, you're spot on. A lot of people in, – in one benefit, it's helped me tremendously because people see military law enforcement, um, you know, current law enforcement, current law enforcement instructor, chief of a town, director of a peace officer academy – so, you know, I'm, I'm ingrained in that part-time, but still ingrained in that. And, um, you know, people are like, oh, wow, you must know everything about it. And, and honestly, you're hit the nail on the head. It's, it's more so I know a lot more civilian instructors or civilian shooters that shoot better or teach better than law enforcement or military instructors. Um, or, or at least different. Not- and, and by the way, I don't – I go see every military vet, every SEAL, Army Ranger, Green Beret – Go take their classes. I, I just think that there is an important difference in the perspective between the two. So you know, I think you learn from every person that teaches you because no two people sure. teach the same. So the more you so can true. get taught, I think it just broadens your your horizons. Yeah, I just realized well, yeah, it, I realized that I was going to get a bunch of emails and <laughs> texts. <laughs> like, hey, man, I was a SEAL. You're ruining my yeah. Go see those guys. Well, 100%. Good night. And I think, you know, that, that that's a good point as far as, you know, getting different perspectives from different people. And, you know, Masad Ayub, uh, Tom Gibbons, all, all these major instructors that have been around, you know, the old guard, the OG, they, um, they take classes from other instructors. They go and I take am. classes. So, you know, and, and I have that every year. I try to do at least 100 to 150 hours, if not more, of training other under other instructors just so I can kind of see maybe a different way of saying it or if there's something that I've missed all these years. 
to put a different spin on it to get it across to me because yeah. we all learn differently. Or sure. something new. Somebody comes up with something that you didn't think about or maybe it was right there. I mean, well, you can never stop learning. For sure. And a good example of that would be Red Dot Sites, RDSs. Um, you know, the, the teacup, going from a teacup or a cup and saucer to mm-hmm. a two thumbs forward, stack thumbs. I mean, just those two right there are good examples of old school to new school. And then current day, changing over from, you know, iron sights to Red Dot. Right. I mean, it was just in our lifetime that they were still teaching cops to shoot one with one hand, you know? Yeah. Or and- Weaver. And, and, or and you know yeah, yeah and it's uh, uh, things have changed so much. I really I haven't really seen like the four rules. Um, I haven't really seen like a history of the four rules, but I don't think the four rules, the four universal rules, are all that old. Um, I, I really think that that really started to take off in I'm going to say the late '80s, and I don't think people realize that. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but no, I think you're about right. I know it was what was it uh, Gunsight. Colonel Jeff Cooper, that mm-hmm. was the 60s, right? 60s or 70s? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he, he, he kind of massaged it back then, but I don't think he massaged those rules back when it was founded. I think it was, you know, a little bit later on. But yeah, I think you're right. It was probably 70s or 80s, if I would assume. You know, Matt, when I was a kid, there was, I was taught one rule teach every gun as if it's, or t- uh, treat every gun as if it's loaded, even if you know it's not. Right. That was it. Totally. And, if, and if you think totally. about it, that's kind of what more do you need? The other three are kind of repetitive. They're kind of redundant. Yeah. You know, if you're just doing totally. that, you know, you're not going to do the other three. But uh, then somewhere yeah. along the way in the 90s, you know, the other three uh, came along. But uh, anyway, I, I, I'm and by the way, I'm elated. I'm <laughs> so happy that uh, uh, that gun philosophy and shooting tech has come so far in uh, in really just a generation. I think it's awesome. For sure. Well, it's yeah, a lot of classes. Yeah, but it's a lot of hard work by instructors trying to educate the masses the true story of gun ownership. Well, you know, I got a, a neat little way to say that to my students. I, I've got a I've, I've been blessed to have a student of mine build me two, not just one, but if you watch Meet the Pressers, you'll see in the backdrop the Second Amendment on a huge wooden sign, hmm. and it's just a, a tree slab that he burned in the Second Amendment into it. Wow. So I have that in the backdrop on the show, but I also have it in my classroom. And I'll I'll make a I'll make a joke about it to make people realize that in every class that I teach and I'll I'll point to the Second Amendment, I'll say, you know, the Second Amendment isn't about hunting, even though there's the word bear in it, our founding fathers didn't mean that type of bear. <laughs> no, they didn't. I don't think they did. And then I'll say it's about tyranny, keeping our government from turning into a tyranny and self defense, why you are here. Right. Yes, self defense against two legged animals. But also four legged if need be. Right, that's interesting. Oh, so okay, so tell us about Meet the Pressers. What what exactly is Meet the Pressers? If no, someone's never heard of it before, how would you describe it? Sure. So uh, five ish years ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer, uh, one of my employees and I, Pat Kimball, uh, started doing an audio podcast. We did a few episodes of it. Really didn't know where to publish it. Didn't know much about it at that time. Um, then uh, we did a we did YouTube a YouTube show called the PSN Ed show, which is my training company, public safety and education. And um, that Pat ended up getting a job close to his house. So we ended up putting on the back burner. I was down in Pennsylvania. Uh, Clint Macker was hosting UTM for a level two instructor course. And he goes, Hey, what's up with your show? And I was like, well, I put it on the back burner. Pat took a job closer to his house. And so he's like, well, you can't let that go. 
sounds like you need a co-host. I go, are you offering? Because I'm not doing it on my own. There you go. And uh, he goes, absolutely. So that was around April. Uh, we're, we're into our fifth, fifth season now, you, going into our you, fifth you, season. Uh, so and told him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and Clint's a, a marketer extraordinaire. So you know, he's out there pushing it, just you know, just like I am, and uh, trying to get the word out, educate people, and such. So it was a, it was a good fit, and we just get we decided to get together. We we changed over the years as far as is it going to be a you know one one show a week? Is it going to be an hour long, a half an hour long? So we've kind of played with that over the years, and uh, but it's always been pretty much anybody that wants to be on the show come up with a topic and the only prerequisite is they have to have shot guns. And if I really want them on the show, I'll take them out and have them shoot a gun just to make sure we meet our, our <laughs> right. prerequisite. What's your favorite part about having the podcast and getting to talk to folks? I, I think getting to know people and, and, and meet people and kind of, you know, just bring their story to our listeners and our viewers. Uh, it's, it's kind of humbling to have some of the people that we've had on, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman, uh, just we had George Zimmerman on the show as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of the big names, uh, Larry Vickers, Jeff Gonzalez has been on, Tom Gibbons, Masad Ayub. Uh, Who is your favorite interview? Having, What's one that sticks out? Oh, my out? goodness. Why Michael Schwartz. Me? Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Don't back yeah. out of that one, brother. <laughs> Take it and run with it. Yeah, right. <clears throat> what? what uh, who, who, who's somebody that really stood out where you were just like, man, I can't believe how interesting that was. You don't have to answer that. Maybe we'll come back to it. Yeah, I think you should. Matt, you there? Oh, nice. Great, Dave. Nice you board him off the show. No, that was our board up. <laughs> we didn't that, pay. You know, oh, there he is. Like, oh, he's back. Your piece died. Your piece died. Now that's, man. How meaningful was that? <laughs> nah, dude, we're high dollar. There's no way this thing <laughs> could go down. All right, so what's a, we, we, let's say, before we go to a break and, and talk to you on the other side, uh, sure. what's, what, who's somebody you really enjoyed? Who's a, an interview you really liked? Um... I mean, we, we the Thomas Yoxall was probably it's probably one of the the most tear jerking interviews because mm-hmm. we talked about his, his altercation with the illegal alien who you know was, who was trying to kill the trooper and he shot shot the illegal alien and his head exploded like a pinata. It was really you know traumatizing. So I, I think that that that's one that I reference a lot in my mm-hmm. classes. Almost always in my classes, I let my students understand that it's, and I've got a thing I call the four horses of your apocalypse. So criminal, civil, mental, and jury of public opinion. And that mental aspect, a lot of people don't understand how they're mentally going to change if they pull that trigger. Not if they need to pull it. Yeah, but, but boy, you're going to just get ready for a change. It could change everything. Yep. All right. You going to stick with us for another segment? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You are the man. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This show off air is so much better than on. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, folks. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County and self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join. Orange, uh, Orange County Gun Owners is the do-something organization to restore and defend our Second Amendment. Volunteer at our shooting social, at a gun shop and tabletop, and help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Save the date. 
Orange County Gun Prom is May 20th. Become a member today. That's ocgunowners.com slash join. Welcome back to Matt Mallory. How you doing, buddy? Awesome. How are you? Cool. Fantastic. So where do people find your podcast? So meetthepressers.com, and then from there it uh, takes you to all the, all the platforms. We just got listed on uh, Roku, Apple TV, and Fire TV every Wednesday at 7 p.m., so we're excited about that. We got uh, listed to the Opsalons app, so we'll be uh, we're airing episodes for the past uh, couple months now doing mm-hmm. that, so it's been good. So what is a, what's presser? What does that mean? Press, uh, pressing the trigger. So mm-hmm. meet the pressers, people who shoot, shoot guns. Got press it. the trigger. Mike figured that out immediately. Immediately, so yeah, you don't you don't pull a trigger. You certainly don't yank it. You press. You don't slap it. You, you don't, don't jerk it. it. You don't so, stutter it. Just somebody needs to call Alex or Alec. Oh, oh. <laughs> somebody needs Ooh. to call that guy. I mean, come on. Somebody it needs wasn't to call the trigger. It, it was the hammer. He said. He said it was the hammer. Well, now they're <laughs> saying the gun was modified and it was designed to go off by itself. Well, charges were just oh. dropped. You know. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, why I'm that's saying because. Bad. Somebody convinced somebody that it was modified to go off all by itself with live rounds. By the way, so that cost them to get that dropped. So meet yeah. the pressers. I like that a lot. What uh, I do too. That's cool. What tell us about you? Just you, now you just got to tase somebody, didn't you? Oh yeah, that was fun. Talk about that. <laughs> Who, tell everybody you got to tase Commander Dale Brown from UST. Talk a little bit about. Wait a minute, who Commander, you zapped a perfectly good stranger. <laughs> and he wasn't attacking you? Cool. He was not. His back was actually turned to me. So it's, Ooh, uh... <laughs> that had to hurt. Have you ever been tased? Yeah, he, uh, yeah twice. And uh, the second time I got tased was in September. So I, I was out in uh, Arizona getting certified as a master civilian instructor for taser. For, for uh, yeah, so you got and uh, right after that, uh, I went over to New Mexico and I, I did a spoof video with Master Ken, Matt Page. He has a yeah. uh, YouTube show, Maridote. So I try to tase him, but he caught the probes in his mouth. Um, Whoa, really? Yeah. Hey, well, Michael really, really wants to get tased. No, okay. But he can't find anybody that'll do no, it for him. I've been there. I'll do it. No, you have not. In high school, you were never tased. <laughs> no, I got to tell you, gun. me and my buddy. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was one of those. Uh, I guess it was. Uh, it was one of those like. Uh, uh, it had like a little little bolt of lightning, you know. And we bought it. Jumping. Me and my buddy. I was like sixteen. We were both like sixteen. We bought it from the back of a of like a comic book. Sure. You know, oh yeah. Well, was it right next to the see through gl- uh, glasses. Yeah. You know. So I don't think it was all that hardcore. But we're sitting there screwing around with this thing. And then we, it, and then it turned into, do it, you know, <laughs> and, I, and we both did it. And that was the dumbest thing ever. If you're 16 and you're listening, don't do, don't that. do that. Right, right. So, long, long, long lasting effects. Yeah. Well into your 40s and 50s. Yeah, but it's important. But it's, but you know, if you're going to be an instructor, I mean, you kind of got to know what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, with law enforcement, uh, it was it's highly suggested, right. and then they razz you if you don't. So that's the first yeah. time I got done. It was like 15 or so years ago, and, and I decided to do it. And then th- that was the X-26 back then. And then this time it was at Axon headquarters, and they had the new 7, and mm. oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> got your my attention? Back was still, oh, yeah, my back was still, is still hurting every once in a while. Like, it rains and my back hurts. I'm like, why is my – oh, that's right, I got paid. But so I sent the video of me and Master Ken Matt Page doing that spoof, and and uh, I, I posted it, and somebody, a couple of people sent me messages and said, "Oh, you know who you should tase next, Dale Brown." And I was like, <laughs> "No." So I so I sent Dale, I texted Dale the the video of me and Master Ken, and 
And Dale's like, I'll get taste. I was <laughs> like, okay. All right. So when I was up in, in Michigan teaching a class a, a few weeks ago, and I just I coordinated to be able to stop by there. And we also did a, did a duel. So I uh, we did a, a saber saber launcher pepper ball gun and a, a burn up pepper ball gun that's, duel. That's cool. Who won? Um, well, we we did two duels. Uh, we both hit each other the first time once, and then the second time I hit him twice, and he missed me completely. So I, I would say I won. You won. You won. Congratulations. That's clean. So uh, so is a taser the one that has the, the little needle projectiles? Is that what's the difference between a taser and a and a, and a stun? Yeah, it, yeah, right, exactly. People get So there's direct, uh, direct touch compliance. It's pain compliance. So direct touch, you have to touch somebody with it. And, that, and people call those, and they're typically called uh, stun guns, even though they don't look like a gun. They usually look like a flashlight nowadays. Um, the tasers, what people call tasers, are the – because taser is the original inventor of it, so that's why um, – so technically, the ones that shoot the probes is what people call a taser. But it gets even more confusing because taser also makes stun guns that don't look like guns that are theirs and have their name on it. So, mm-hmm. But basically, if you have to touch somebody with it, then that's a pain compliance device. If you shoot it and probes fly out of it, then that is a NMI, neuromuscular incapacitation. And that's the one that locks people up where they can't move. Right. And that's really the one, that's really the one you want. Because if you're getting up close to where you're touching the person with it, there's a good chance you could end up being in a really yeah. bad situation. For sure. Yep, definitely. So the, the probe one, the the actual one that does NMI is going to be the most effective. And, and if you notice, you got to be really careful because I, the, the worst thing, folks, I don't want you to run out and buy one tomorrow. You know, unless you've had some extensive training on how to utilize, I think, both a stun as well as a taser – then it would just be a bad idea. Don't you agree just to go out and buy one and have it just in case you're ready? I mean, I, I just like a gun, you know, the, the yeah. training aspect. You, you don't know what you don't know, and it's better to get the training from somebody. And I, and I do the end-user training and law enforcement for both Taser and Sabre Pepper Spray. So for both both those companies, I'm a master instructor, both civilian and law enforcement. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the training is, is key. I mean, my our daughter had sprayed pepper spray in her face because she didn't even know how to use it one time, our youngest daughter, our middle daughter. Yeah. And then – um the you know the taser aspect of it just imagine you know stunning yourself or tasing yourself and then it locks you up and you fall and hit your head on the floor that's yeah. just not good or crap your pants i mean any of that stuff yeah well let's not go there we had we had a uh, years ago i had uh the dog got a hold of uh, a pepper spray bottle oh yeah but it right was it. completely unaffected we just found really? yeah just found it or we just or by the time we found it you know she'd already worked her way through it or whatever but um it was on the uh, it was in the carpet so we got a carpet cleaner, and I don't uh-huh. think he understood what he was dealing with. We told him, but then he was cleaning the carpet, and it shot all into his face oh, while mm. he was cleaning it. And I'm like, oh, geez. So right. it was pretty interesting. Here comes another <laughs> lawsuit. Why are you crying? Stop crying, Why are you dude? crying, Stop you big crybaby? <laughs> You're supposed to be a carpet cleaner. Come yeah. on, get tough. I I, I, yeah, I did the whole, what did you do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. So <laughs> I know this is a, a, a question you probably can't answer. Because I have people ask me all the time, you know, I don't want to carry a gun. Should I get a taser? Should I get Should I get a stun gun? Should I get pepper spray? What should I get? What do so, you What do you tell people? Well, first off, I, I always tell people I can't I can't I coined a phrase called the MVP of tools, hmm. and we're all born with the MVP of tools: your mind, your voice, and your physical. I came up with that acronym because I, I think hmm. people sometimes forget that they 
have other tools at their disposal without mm. these external tools. So that right off the get-go, use your mind. Like John Farnham says, don't go to stupid places with stupid people at stupid times and do stupid things so your life doesn't become stupid. Mm. And, then, and then from that, learn how to verbalize because verbalization is going to create witnesses, going to hopefully get the bag to stop what they're doing and oxygenate your blood so you don't go into the fecal position rolled up on the floor with your thumb in your mouth. Um, so that being said, that's the first aspect of that pitch that I, I try to convince my students. And then the next aspect of that is the trifecta of tools, and it's lethal, less lethal, medical. And in that order of precedence, the lethal is the thing that most people come to take classes from me for, but it's more likely they're going to use a medical thing at regular average daily time. And then the less lethal, how many times are they – not really focus on that. John Korea and um, uh, there's a couple other instructors in the industry that say that 80% of the time, simple assaults are what you're going to encounter. And 20% of the time are, it would be uh, ability to use a firearm. Well, if you're carrying a gun and you have no less lethal, then you're prepared for 20% of the time. What do you do when you run into the 80%? Mm. So the pepper spray, but even the MVP, like using your mind, your voice, your physical, knowing how to do DT, defensive tactics, martial arts, stuff like that, on the physical aspect of it could be beneficial to you where you might not need to, or you might not even be able to use pepper spray or a gun or taser because the person's too close. Mm. Now, have you been in a defensive gun use situation or pepper spray or taser or anything in, in you know real time? I have not, no. And I, I attribute that to me. Uh, I attribute that to me making good choices, I guess. I mean, I'm in the position with my, I mean, I've had situations where things could have escalated and I would have been justified in pulling the gun, but I was able to defuse it. I was able to shut up and realize that whatever they're saying shouldn't get to me. And I I don't need to poke the bear, stoke the fire, and make this Mm. get worse. I've had lots of those altercations, but I've never had one where I had to pull the fire. I've had many where I've dropped the hood. On my on my on my uh, firearm, but I've never had to pull it out. Thank God. Mm. I think you know we were talking about these these special ops guys, and and one of the things I I do well many many things, but one thing that I, I think is great is a lot of these guys. You know they're you know they're they're as as you know they're as studly as it comes. You know the, these guys, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they served in combat and they're highly trained. And I'm seeing a lot of messages from them like, hey, I don't I don't get in fights. It's mm-hmm. not what I do. If something's happening, I turn around and walk away. Right. And yep. I think that, that that is that message is important and I think yep. that it is subtly more bravado. You know what I mean? You're, you're, I think yep. you're, if you can control yourself and and not care about somebody's fight, you know, and go, look, I, I, I so don't care about you. I'm just going to turn around and leave the situation. Yeah. I think that's yep. way more manly. You know, well, I think the sure. one that confronts has never confronted. And I don't think they realize what they're getting themselves into. Until they do it, yeah, yeah. It's just it, it, in the, the level of training. I mean, my concern right. is if I if I responded to something, and they're going to judge just like law enforcement. You see it all the time in the news, like, oh, they should have known better. That's excessive oh, force. They didn't that. have to do that. And I'd rather not have that on my, you know, looming over me and changing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, the four horses of your apocalypse, that criminal, mental, ju- uh, uh, mental, physical. Sorry, criminal, civil, mental, and jury of public opinion. That jury of public opinion, I mean, look at Kyle Rittenhouse. Look at George Zimmerman. Yeah. George, Zimmer, George Zimmerman just had to legally change his name, uh, and he changed it to Pablo Escobar. Um, I'm kidding. But he did. He had to legally change his name. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Totally but, ridiculous. But he's alive. All right. But so, he's alive. Are know? we throwing him out? That's it. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, how, do people get, how do people follow you around? 
Meetthepressers.com on publicsafetyandeducation.com. All right, buddy. Awesome job, man. Look forward to talking to you down the road. Be safe. We're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 961-1170. The answer. Folks, hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. AM 1170, 96.1. What is it? 96.1. Yeah, all day long. Gun Owners Radio. The answer. Did you know we have a world-class flight training school here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every single day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. Check out this deal. Just for gun owner radio listeners, for one hour of ground school, one hour of flight, actually, that's flying with an instructor, normally $400, we'll cut you a deal for $350. All you got to do is give them a call, 858-569-1822, learn to fly with SDFTI, or call them at 858-569-1822 and say, hey, I want to go flying. Learning to fly. Yes, you need to do that. Mm, Do I? I just want to learn to land. Yeah, that's the toughy part. <laughs> the flying is easy. Let's skip the rest. Getting up if is I'm easy. ever in there and need to land, that's Getting all I want. Yeah, it's not easy. It's a bouncy. bouncy so this uh, town hall that we have going on this Saturday morning in Inland Empire, which is actually in Marietta, is pretty interesting. We're going to have you know Carl DeMaio from Reform San Diego. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there, um, and then we're also going to have somebody from the Sheriff's Department, uh, uh, Riverside County Sheriff's Department. And really what it is, is it is a town hall to discuss, you know, the, the, the spike in crime. But, you know, calling it, just calling it a spike in crime doesn't do it any no. justice. That's not, not a spike. That's not what's going on. It's that they've decided to stop addressing crime mm-hmm. and people are getting away with crime. You know, there's no more crime than there was. It's just they're not being arrested. They're not being held accountable. Um you weren't on the show, but I had my earlier show, mm-hmm. and the San Diego Unified School District is excited that their suspensions are down. Because <laughs> they stopped suspending kids. They stopped suspending kids. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, what what kind of an award program are you working with? I don't know, but I, I'm, I am frequently more and more put in the place where I don't think either side's right. You know no. what I mean? Ne- neither side's right. Right. There's something that needs to be done. There's something that needs to be addressed. There's a solution out there. Okay, let me ask you a question. Go for it. Okay, so if you went to school mm-hmm. and you, say, threw an eraser at the teacher and the school called your dad, what do you think the next yeah, situation would I be? I don't even want to think about it. I that's mean, my point. Yeah. They're not doing that. They're trying to cover it up. Oh, that's okay. Johnny was just, you know. Not to worry. Shh, quiet, everybody. Be quiet. We don't want them to. We don't want to cause a, a ruckus. And the and you know their kids. Well, hell, if I can get away with that, I can get away with this. It's you bad. seen those two wrestlers where the one kid knocked out the other kid? I did, and I actually had. Uh, What's I got. I got to tell you, um, I don't necessarily agree with some of the um, criticism on that. Um, I rem- I saw that. Not not that. No. When I was wrestling in high school. Um, Did you have people that you beat walk up and punch you in the face? I got into a fight during football. Okay. Um, I saw. I was watching a friend of mine wrestle another guy, 
And uh, right in the middle of the match, uh, the other guy punched him right in the eye. <laughs> and uh, this kind of stuff. Now, now, look, it's bad. But the idea that this, is, that this, that that situation is somehow a sign of the time, I don't agree with. I, I, think, I think young men were fighting in sports. I can't believe you and I are on the same page. I remember <laughs> when I was a kid. How many? Let me ask you this, Dave. How many friends did you have yeah. that you, and you started out? Kicking her butt. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I had a kid tell me if it wasn't for me kicking his, you know what, he would have never became a straight A student. So there you know, are, what is that? There are all these calls for, well, they should all go to jail and he should never be able to play sports no, again. I don't agree. No, I think that the a kid. if the coaches and the parents handle it correctly, you know, that those two might end up being friends and it'll yeah. be a, you know. And we'll make a bigger deal out of it than the kids will. Now that being said, if you all you gotta do is go on YouTube and 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 gosh, the, the you know, the uh schools these days oh my lord are you know it's like gladiator training there's these schools are scared to death of the kids you know it's interesting i had a thought so i was watching there are some there's a lot of talk about ai artificial intelligence right now right elon musk that's not really you is it no okay (laughs) mine's lack of intelligence usually (laughs) but uh there are some very real people um who have very real opinions and are having very real conversations about AI. Uh, AI, because AI. we're we're getting there. We're there now. You know, there's actual AI, and people are like, well, gee, you know, the problem is that uh, AI it misses a part of the human experience, so that they don't, the, 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 you know, there's no empathy. There's no, right. you know, there there are pieces of emotions that are missing. Sure, and that's why AI is dangerous. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. there thinking to myself, well, that, that obviously makes a lot of sense, but you don't even have to go to AI. Just go downtown. You know what I mean? Like, we're at a point where you got people in their 20s and 30s who had this horrible experience growing up, and they're missing pieces of the human experience so that they don't have any empathy, and we're worried about AI destroying humanity. Go downtown. Yeah. Go down to, you know, downtown LA. Go to Anaheim. Go to downtown San Diego. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, you're, all of a sudden you're looking around, you're looking around, you're looking around because you don't know what's going to come out of this, the woodwork. And there are low key predators oh. all over, and you know, and now it's now multi generational. You're having, you know, uh, sociopaths raising sociopaths at this point. You know, and, and you know the killer too. Every time you in, interview a parent mm-hmm. of somebody that's done something horrific, right? Yeah, he's been a problem his whole life. We've had him on drugs. You know, we've had him. What? What? Wait a minute! And you've just been letting this go along, like. No big deal. I mean, that makes me insane. It, it, I believe it does. I th- but they all say it. There's a there's a huge problem in society. We're not going to be able to solve it at the town hall on Saturday. No. But there's some there's some very important information that we want people to know. There's some very important steps that mm-hmm. we want gun owners to take and and uh, come out and be informed. Listen to you know how you, you know yeah, just police educate yourself. Educate yourself and you know because you got to know what's going on. Especially if you don't agree, maybe with what we're talking about. Before you, you know, that's like, I hate broccoli. When was the last time you ate it? Never. I hate it. Well, you can't do that. You have to be informed to make an intelligent assessment of what's going on. And the gun thing is is a prime example. It is. But I I don't think, uh, I just don't think people realize how bad. I don't think so either. Well, they don't want to know. Well, and you know, our last guest was, you know, don't. 
do stupid things and with stupid, stupid people places, and stupid, stupid places things, yeah. and stupid times or whatever. It's easier if you just say don't do anything after midnight. Yeah. Well, it's I think easier. I think a lot of people, especially gun owners, aren't doing stupid things and Mm-mm. stupid times, stupid. Not at all. But that means they're missing, you know, tent city downtown or whatever. You know, they're kind of disconnected from it. It's gotten really bad. It's gotten really horrible. It's yeah, and and it doesn't make. I don't care where you go. I mean, you have, and it was so weird. I dropped a vehicle off at a shop last night, and I was in the parking lot by myself, mm. and I had the weirdest feeling because mm. I was in that parking lot by myself. I never had that kind of a feeling before. You know, you wonder if somebody's going to come up on you or if somebody's going to come around near you. I mean, that's that's not good. That's not good. we got to change. And it's not Republican versus Democrat. No, 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 it's no. It's not. You know, I think that there may be a case to be made for it might be uh, rural versus urban. Could be. I think that there's uh, – but even in urban areas, San Bernardino is not exactly a metropolis. And not hardly. a ton of crime in San yeah. Bernardino. Dangerous crime. Yeah, really bad crime. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But um, – I know education and being prepared is is uh, train 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 train. Yeah, so. I mean you can't you cannot train enough. And I liked our last guest, you know, because because of all that training is why his decision making is better than someone that's never been trained. Hmm. If you think about it, yeah, because he's been trained so well in all the disciplines that he's involved in, his decision making is better. Than somebody that's had no training, or maybe they just bought a gun, or they, maybe they bought a taser, or maybe they bought a stun gun, never used it, never tr- trained with it, yeah. and that might be their first initial reaction, where you might be able to talk your way out of it before you escalate the situation by zapping somebody. You know where I really saw this, and even this is years ago, is when I used to take public transportation. You know, I lived in San Francisco from 94 to 97, mm-hmm. and I would take – I didn't have a car for a couple of years when I was living there. It was all public transportation. So I was pretty much confined to the city, um, yeah. and uh, it was pretty dangerous. It was pretty dangerous, yeah. even back then. I think – yeah, I left San Francisco in 97. I think that's that was the peak. I think yeah. it was maybe maybe like 94, 95 was the absolute peak. And it was it was definitely in decline. I mean, now yeah. it's just ridiculously dangerous. But even here, the uh, trolley, uh, oh, you wouldn't catch me on that thing. Goodness! Now, if you're going to a, like a Padres game, it, you're just going to be on there with a bunch of other Padres fans. Maybe, yeah, if that works. But an, a, you know, a typical afternoon taking the orange line down. Don't you like love the four o'clock in the morning. You see the thing going by with three people in it. Oh, well, forget that. I wouldn't yeah. be on there for four in the morning. Good Lord. <laughs> I know. Talk about stupid places and stupid there, times. Yeah, there should, be a, there should be a sign. But it I, oh, it was horrible. And you know who I never – I used to make this joke all the time. I would take public transportation to work downtown. Wow. And you know who I never saw? I never saw environmentalist activists. <laughs> you know what I mean? I never saw global warming scientists. They drove by in their Beamers. Yeah, exactly. And their Range Rovers. It was me and a bunch of criminals and some very quiet, you know, blue-collar folks. Yeah, or just, some, some older folks. Who just wanted to get to work and back. That's all. You know what I mean? Just leave me alone. It was funny, though. Uh, I uh, you know I tend to have this big scowl on my face, right? Which I didn't even realize. But my whole life, I've had people tell me I have this scowl on my face, you know? And meanwhile, I'm sitting there in my head just like, do 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 you know, and I look like, I don't know, but 
You never, I, I never noticed a scowl. Well, I've, I've been Must told be time and time again. But there there were times I was on the, the uh, not the Muni, the uh, trolley in, in San Diego. And, like, people wouldn't sit next to me. You know what I mean? They'd kind of take a look and they'd well, go sit somewhere else. I'm like, I'm the safest guy on this trolley. Yeah, but you're not, like, five foot five. And 112 pounds either. Oh, you think they, they wanted a little more elbow room? You well, you're a little ominous. I mean, you know, people <laughs> don't want to make you mad. I'm like, what am I going to do? You're a pussycat, I know. <laughs> they just don't know it, and we'll keep it that way. That's right. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, Inland Empire Gun Owners strives to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment right. That's iegunowners.com slash join. All right, hey, we got some prize winners, don't we? We got all kinds of cool stuff. Gunner's Radio Range Day was today. In fact, they're out there right now. Um, if you are a ten ring member for San Diego County Gun Owners, you're probably in an, uh, the outdoors enjoying uh, putting range, uh, putting uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Putting Bullets rounds down, rounds down range, yeah. So, uh, congratulations to everybody that went. You guys are awesome. I know there was a lot of fun uh, had by all. Even though they're they're still going, it's still happening. So uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll have that. Um, you know, we used to do a little bit more, um, but pre-COVID, and we're you know th- these opportunities to get together and recruit folks and bring people in who maybe aren't familiar with the different packs is extremely important. So mm-hmm. we're going to do even more. Subscribe and win. We have a winner um, for Gun Owners Radio Prize Pack. He subscribed. If you go to GunOwnersRadio.com and subscribe, you could win too. To, uh, this week's winner is. Freddie Gamboa. <laughs> Freddie was at the meeting on Thursday. Congratulations, Freddie. We're going to get a hold of you and make sure you get your your prize, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, members win free training. Oh, <laughs> here it is. I think that's – I'm sitting there going, am uh, I missing something? <laughs> members win free training from Bill DC and Joe Dramisi from CCW USA. So congratulations, Freddie. <laughs> Uh, they have a really cool, Bill DC and Joe have a really cool um, class called CCW Next Steps. All your, your questions about adopting the concealed carry lifestyle answered. It's only a, uh, it is uh, only $125. Bucks. That's a $125 value that you uh, are winning. But uh, you can sign up for that class without winning it. Um, and it's, it's, I've taken it. It's actually really, really good information. I like the concealed carry lifestyle phrase that I think that was Joe Jamisi that introduced 
that and or coined that phrase. I really like it. And of course, they have pepper spray and situational awareness. For people new to self-defense, this is a great first step in learning how to protect yourself and your loved ones. $125 value. Winners announced May 7th. Register to win. Go to gunownersradio.com slash training, the number four, members. Gunownersradio.com slash training, the number four, members. Yeah, we were just talking about pepper spray and how important it is. So highly encourage everybody to uh, take their class or at least take a class. I think it's important. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting, still getting a lot of, um, of uh, questions on Mara Elliott and Nathan mm-hmm. Fletcher, your, your favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to tell you, I, it, it really looks like Nathan Fletcher's career is in our rearview mirror. I can't imagine this guy's coming back. Uh, he's going to step down. He's not going to pull some weird fast one. Uh, the, the cool thing is uh, even, even Democrats turned on him. You know? Really? I mean, it was, it was really – Did he lose his CCW or do you know? Well, I, so there are some privacy issues, but my understanding is that he's yeah. no longer got a CCW. Yeah. But he didn't get a gun violence restraining order. Mara Elliott didn't do that because she's a hypocrite and she's mm-hmm. horrible. And honestly, we need And he was our friend. And they were friends. They were political allies and friends, true friends. I mean, they were, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, they really. We I mean, went to barbecues together. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you are uh, looking for a new boogeyman, Mara Elliott. You think she's it? Yeah. Huh? She, oh, I got to tell you, she's horrible. In some ways, I think she might even be worse Ooh, than Nathan. That's um, scary. I mean, it was it, it was fun to dislike him, and he's a really bad dude. Who would they put in his place? Well, they're not sure yet. So it's either going to be... Somebody left or left her. Well, it's either going to be an appointment or a special election. And people are already announcing mm. that they want to run. Uh, I bet that's going to be a full ticket. Well, I got to tell you guys, there's <laughs> zero chance. If, everybody listening, you guys... Get ready to throw something at the radio. If you're a Republican, there is no chance a Republican is going to win no, an election in no. that, even if it's a special election. Right. It is so skewed to the Democrats. Right. The best we can hope for is finding somebody reasonable. Right. A reasonable Democrat. So, um, and, and then focus on a seat, you know, pro-gun folks, a seat that can be won, mm-hmm. like South County. South County is going to be... Uh, on the ticket in 2024, and I think we should spend a lot of time looking at that and see if we can outnumber them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, spending a lot of time, money, effort, whatever, on on replacing Nathan Fletcher, I, I just you know. don't you think the condition there's got to be a point in the history of California mm-hmm. to where enough is enough, even for the left. Well, don't you think? I mean, it's like how much more what. And I mean, then, if you're, a, and if then you're, I, oh, I was going to also say, and then there's that whole Nathan Fletcher nonprofit uh, issue too, where uh, he was asking for donations for his nonprofit organization, which was supposed to help with uh, veterans, and it was supposed to merge with another nonprofit. Now that money's completely lost, and nobody has any clue about it. And uh, Nathan, uh, when he was asked about, it, he says, "I'm in treatment right now, so I can't answer that question right now." So he's in treatment. Like, he's in treatment. But you know what I'm saying? How much longer can the left take this until they say enough is enough? I, you know. Are they that together? There's got to be a catalyst. There's got to be a thing. There's got to be something. And uh, I, I think that uh, there are a lot of things that were done wrong that led to this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is uh, the uh, – so there are two things I really think were big mistakes. Number one are term limits. 
It's a big mm. mistake. Mm. Why? And it, why, Mike? Why is that a big mistake? Because you get extremists mm-hmm. who jump in, they serve their term, they do weird, ridiculous stuff, mm-hmm. and then they're gone. They don't have to face the consequences. Right. So, um, you know, they're like, hey, I'm going to be here six years, whatever. I'm going to, you know, so whatever what do I care? bonehead, you know, maneuver I'm going to pull. So you can't even hold them accountable, number one. The other thing is I don't like propositions. California is one of the few states that has these voter-driven propositions. Mm-hmm. That's another, you know, it, it, all, legislation should go through the legislature. And, again, we should hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, now there's no, you know, they they pass the propositions and, you know, there's no there's almost no reason to, to mm-hmm. hold a, a, an, an elected official accountable. The other thing I think, the number three, what we need to do is, you know, we have uh, – uh, we have we don't have enough representation. We we have it's like what thirty five million people in in uh, California, something like that, mm-hmm. and we have the exact same amount of assembly members and state senators as we had when we had you know two million people mm-hmm. or three million people, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, we need we need more. We need you know um, we need more representation. But who controls that? Well, we'd have to change the constitution for the, for California. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of different ways to, you know, to do that. We have a constitution. <laughs> I'm impressed. Would, and the, you, would you be worried that's putting too many eggs in a basket possibly by adding more members or, um, you, you actually think that we could actually come up with even more solutions by adding more assembly members? Well, what it'll do is right now, um, you know, it'll turn your representative into your neighbor. Well, right now we have districts that are so enormous and mm-hmm. they represent so many people right. that you're just, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. You're just another number. Like one guy does all San, San Joaquin Valley. The, yeah. The other thing, exactly. And the other thing is I, you know, in, in theory, there are a lot of districts where it's like, you know, 52%, you know, blue and, and 48% red, but, and, and there's millions of people in that district, Right. So, you know, the blue will eke out a win, you know, and boom, the, the red really has no representation. So there are millions of people there that uh, have no representation. And you split that in, you know, half or thirds or four, you know, you get four times as many people represented. And how many people really vote in California? Has anybody ever looked at those numbers? And can oh, you yeah. trust them? It's, 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 it's actually it, – More know. people vote than not? Well, no. Well, more people – so more than 50 percent. It depends on the election. Um it's actually people are voter turnout is actually increasing. Is it? Um, which is that good or bad? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. You folks are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one. AM 1170? The answer. Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's 100 pounds bigger? That's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. Any guess what? And guess what? It's free. Sign up, go to notmesd.org. program is also available in Orange County and Inland Empire. Get help today at notmesd.org. Very cool. So one of my favorite guests, I really enjoy having him on, 
is uh, he's a professor and sociologist, David Yamani. Uh, Dave, are you there? I am here. How are you, my friend? Man, it has been a crazy week. I, uh, you know, no, no one calls me except you guys until things go bad. Of course, you know, we schedule well in advance, not knowing what, what the world's going to bring. But this past week was uh, quite a doozy. I just uh, literally drove home from doing the uh, Sunday Night in America with Trey Gowdy, and I'm going to end the week with you guys. So Wow, we'll talk about what, 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 what were you covering. Uh, you know, the, these, uh, whole spate of, uh, shootings, you know, uh, people shooting people for going in their yard and people, yeah. you know, driving under driveways and being on their front porches and cheerleaders and grocery store parking lots. So, you know, that's what everybody wants to talk about right now. So did, uh, is, is the subject of, if, if, if I feel like they're throwing around the uh, stand your ground and castle doctrine terms a lot. Is that, is, is that coming up a lot? Yeah, you know, I think there's there's a lot of confusion about that. Uh, you know, I've been critical. I wrote a, a piece that was uh, ran in the Hill on Friday. I actually wrote it on Thursday night because I just was, you know, tired of people taking these four, you know, fairly disparate events and just saying, you know, stand your ground means shoot first, and there you have it. And, you know, it's, that's just you know, not, not accurate. Uh, it's, you know, politically inflammatory rhetoric, you know, I think from, from the gun control side. I'm also, you know, not too happy that I went on Amazon and, you know, I saw them that they are selling signs that they shoot first and ask questions later. Mm. Uh, and that means that, you know, some, there are some gun owners out there that are buying those signs, which doesn't make me happy either. I don't, I don't think that stuff's funny at all. I really don't. I think, uh, I just don't think there's a there's a place for that, especially in today's environment. And I, I agree with you. There's there's way too much. Uh, uh, earlier in the show, I, I used the term bravado, and I I just you know um, when you're sitting around joking, you know, making jokes or whatever, that's one thing. But uh, this is real life, you know, and yeah. and people using firearms punitively rather than defensively is. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say that it's a. It, of course, it, it is a problem in the sense that you shouldn't do that. I don't know how widespread that is. I don't think it's it's common. I think the reason that they're talking about, uh, th- you know, these these two cases specifically, um, are because they're so unusual. Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Am I right or wrong about that? Uh, no, uh, no, I agree with you 100. percent And uh, one of the other uh, folks I talked to earlier this week was uh, Chuck Todd from Meet the Press. He's got a podcast and. Uh, you know, I had to say, look, there are 77 at least, you know, I always use a conservative estimate because, you know, I think that's fair. So I say there's 77 million gun owners in America, 400 million guns, 20 million concealed carry permit holders, permitless carry in half the states. The majority of gun owners have guns, at least in part for self-defense. And, you know, it doesn't happen that often because if it happened often, we would hear about it a lot more often. And, you know, these are noteworthy stories in part because of their rarity. And, you know, we can go back through time and look at other cases of, you know, Renisha McBride in Detroit and, uh, you know, Michael Dunn, you know, uh, shooting Jordan Davis in Jacksonville, Florida, or all the way back to the you know, kid in New Orleans, a Japanese exchange student. But, you know, we're talking, I can name all of these cases in part because there's few enough that I can memorize and name them. Yeah. So, yeah, most, most, you know, gun owners are, 
you know, moral, prudent, responsible. Uh, I just, you know, you know, I, I'd, I'd hate to give anybody reason to think otherwise. And so, like you said, the bravado, the, you know, the signs and nothing on this property is worth your life. And yeah. like, you know, let, let's, we can leave that like, maybe, like you said, you're sitting around having some beers or drinking some bourbon around the fire and you're joking around. That's one thing, you know, having something that's an Amazon's choice bestseller that looks bad. Yeah. So what, 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 what would you like people to know? Gun owners and non-gun owners, what would you like them to know about stand your ground? You know, it, I think that it, it, uh, in, in my view, again, I should, you know, preface this by saying, you know, I'm not an attorney. What I know about uh, these laws comes from my own, uh, sort of training and study as a, a defensive gun owner myself and a concealed carry permit holder. I want to have an understanding of the law and, uh, you know, that they, they specify what you are legally permitted to do. Uh, but they certainly don't permit you to shoot first and ask questions later. You know, you have to meet all of the requirements for lawful self-defense in terms of innocence and proportionality uh, and reasonableness and, you know, stand your ground. All that says is whether you have a duty to retreat from a situation if you have, you know, uh, if you're not engaged in illegal behavior and you have a right to be where you're at. So it, it really covers a limited amount of the full spectrum of things you have to do in order to use lethal force uh, legitimately in self-defense. So, you know, I think for certainly gun control advocates who want to use that for political purposes, they need to stop. And if there are any gun owners who are out there who literally think that that uh, law protects them, uh, it doesn't protect them. They still have to be meeting all of the other requirements of uh, legitimate self-defense. So, okay, so you were on um, uh, you were on Chuck Todd, who not exactly known for his, uh, you know, uh, support of, 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 of the Second Amendment, um, and you were on with Trey Gowdy, who is fairly well known for his yeah. support of the Second Amendment. What, what was the difference in the interview um, and, you know, like the tone and the subject and the angle, you know, uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, uh, Chuck Todd's frustrated that at uh, the inability to make inroads and in passing stricter gun legislation. And so he, I think, somewhat out of his sense of futility, uh, thought, well, maybe we can think about how we could you know, change the culture uh, around guns as a way of, of, you know, then somehow kind of, you know, people who say uh, uh, politics is downstream from culture, I guess, Uh and, uh, you know, I found him to be, you know, he definitely had his views, as, as you just expressed, but he was, uh, you know, he was fair. He allowed me to speak. Uh, there was, you know, a time when I interrupted him. He was, you know, saying, you know, we've gone down this road before with, you know, alcohol and we've come to a set of commonly agreed on reasonable regulations around alcohol. And, you know, I said, I'm Chuck, I really have to stop you right there because, Alcohol is much less regulated in the United States than guns and arguably causes more problems in the United States than guns. So if you're okay with where we're at with alcohol, you should be okay where, with where we're at with guns. Wow. That's, that's uh, a, yeah. what a strong point. How did that, how did that, did that resonate or how did that go? Yeah. He, I mean, he, you know, he, there was a moment, you know, he kind of nodded his head. It wasn't, you know, it was a podcast. So I saw the video, but, uh, you know, I think he, he took the, 
took the point that, you know, uh, there are ways in which alcohol is extremely problematic and that it's easier to get alcohol, much easier to get alcohol than to get a gun. You know, you don't have to pass a background check. You don't have to uh, have your criminal record established, you know, no permits required, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and there are many more alcohol out vendors uh, than there are gun vendors. So, so uh, that was you know, your. So that was your last. He didn't change his mind. So you was know, that your last time on the show? Is he going to invite no, you back? He, I, <laughs> I, you know, I think he might. I think you know, because uh, you know, again, I think he's got his views, and I, I don't know that I changed any of his fundamental views. But you know, in terms of uh, presenting arguments back and forth, you know, I think that he recognizes when someone makes a good point, even if he doesn't. Uh, agree with it. So, you know, I thought, I thought that was fair. Uh, you know, the, the Trey Gowdy, it's TV. The segment was like eight minutes long. Uh, I was happy that I, you know, had sent, um, some talking points to his producers and they clearly had written, read this opinion piece I wrote for the Hill because some of the language he used to introduce the piece was straight out of what I had written. So that was kind of, I felt that was a win. And then, you know, you know, I got to make a few points and, you know, just sort of tried to, to quickly, for example, distinguish, I said, you know, he, he, his intro was, you know, what's happening in America where people are getting shot for having their ball roll into someone's yard or getting into the wrong car. And I said, look, you know, we don't know all the facts of any of these cases and any criminality has to be proven in a court. Uh, but, the, you know, the guy who in Charlotte who shot the kid and her dad when the ball rolled into their yard and the guy who shot the cheerleader got in his car. Those are just criminal assaults, you know, from everything we can see. I was going to other two. I was going to ask you before you before you move on with the other ones. I was going to ask you about that. Is there anything are there anything on those two cases that you read and thought, oh, OK, all right, I, I kind of see a little bit of, of, of what, what's going on there. You know what I mean? Was there any piece? Cause it sounds completely outlandish and, and I mean, beyond ridiculous. Is there any point that, that isn't being talked about enough or where you kind of went, Oh, all right. I, I kind of see this guy's perspective a little bit more. No, not at all. Not at and, all. You know, wow. the one guy that they shot the kid, you know, he, I think he was out on bond for trying to attack his, uh, girlfriend with a mini sledgehammer, mm. you know, so he's just a criminal bad actor. The case in the, you know, the grocery store parking lot, there could be a case where you are getting carjacked and someone is, you know, threatening death or grave bodily injury. If you're in the car that you could be justified in using lethal force. But again, by the accounts, the girl got out of the car, went back into the car she came from and the guy got out of his car then and shot as they were driving off. There's nothing self-defense about that, and there's nothing. There's not a single gun owner out there that would that is okay with that. I mean, you know, you look at gun owners. You know, we attack people online for having their finger on the trigger when they take a picture. You know, I mean, as a culture, and maybe we're gonna we're gonna uh, go to commercial real quick, but let's talk about this when you get back. As a culture, I, I think it's pretty ingrained in uh, gun owners. Uh, you know, safety, responsibility. They, people take pride in it. You know, it's 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 kind of almost an arrogance with with how safe and responsible they are. But let's let's talk about that after the commercial. Absolutely. Hey, this is Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. 
Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. They des- their design is excellent. The photos are beautiful. Your website looks good on your phone. It's just not getting customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customer to understand what to do, how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is super easy. Go to sagetree.com and click on the schedule an appointment button. That's sagetree.com and click on the schedule a call button right now. All right, let's go back to David Yamani. He is with... Sociologist? That's the uh, the best way to describe you, right, David? A sociologist? Yeah, I guess so, as long as you don't think of that as a pejorative term. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. I, you know, we, we kind of started getting, we, we went down the, the legal road, um, uh, but really your, your area of expertise, and it's such a unique area, is uh, sociology. You know, the, the, how gun owners uh, as a group uh, are, act, or, you know, that sort of thing. And before we went to the break, talked about um, safety and, and how, uh, I guess, uh, what, what I was, I was making the case that gun owners are almost arrogant about how safe and responsible they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was uh, posting some on on my blog this week as I'm, you know, writing a book on American gun culture. I do have a chapter on negative outcomes, and I start with uh, accidental uh, injuries and death. And so I was sort of trying to get a sense of how how common this is in the United States. And you know, it's actually it's extremely uncommon, and at least over the past hundred years, and probably over the past couple hundred years, it's becoming less common. So you know, one of the things about uh, firearms and injury uh, in the United States is that they're almost all intentional, right? That it's either someone is trying to hurt you or you're trying to hurt yourself. You know, almost none of it is accidental. And I think, oh, wow. you know, a lot of people who think of guns as being these dangerous things that are just sitting around that could hurt you, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, as my friend Derek LeBlanc says, he says, you know, zero is the only acceptable goal for firearms injuries, especially for kids. But it's also, you know, not 100% realistic, but it's also, you know, given, the, again, the number of guns and gun owners there are in America, it is almost zero. You know, it's a very, very, very small percentage of all uh, deaths, certainly due to firearms. So, you know, the, the negative outcomes are almost you know, uh, in terms of death are, are really suicides first and then homicide second, which are intentional acts, which is very different. Yeah, I never liked, you know, when people say that guns are dangerous, um, they're not dangerous. I mean, when, when, you, when you describe something as dangerous, you know, something that's radioactive is dangerous. You know, fentanyl, holding or being near fentanyl is dangerous. You know, a gun's not dangerous in the sense that it'll do something to you without... Uh, you know, if you get too close to it or, you know, or if you hold it for too long, um, I, I, I think that there's probably some good that can be done uh, by by drilling down and, and, and defining, you know, the dangerous in this situation. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, why I look at it is, uh, you know, and I, I got this from many, many gun trainers who I've, you know, interviewed or taken classes with or observed, you know, that. 
that guns are a forest multiplier. You know, one of the reasons why people like them for defensive purposes is because they are a force multiplier. If you're, you know, weak or old, fragile, outnumbered, whatever the case may be. Um, but it's also a force multiplier on the negative side. If someone has bad intentions, you know, you add a gun to that situation and, and it can make that situation worse. You know, if yeah. it's a situation of domestic violence or self-harm, criminality, uh, you know, so that's kind of the way I, I look at it, that, uh, you know, guns, guns do uh, things. And if they're doing things for positive intention, then that's a good outcome. If they're doing things for with a negative intention, not they doing them themselves, but if the person who has the gun has negative intentions, then that's likely to have a negative outcome. So going back to stand your ground, um, which, again, I Stand your ground doesn't really apply to any of these high-profile cases in the last week or so. That there was that's not none of them were standing their ground. That's not it's not a, yeah. an accurate description. It does it's not applicable. Yeah. But yeah, is is there yeah, some, you know the go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you know the the the, the cases in uh, you know Kansas City, upstate New York. Uh, you know, again, I think we don't have all the facts. The facts I've read you know, in my view, doesn't look like uh, sort of good shoots, but, you know, it's going to be up to a prosecutor to just look at the evidence and decide whether to, to try those cases and uh, to convince a jury to convict. Um, but certainly when you're in your home, stand your ground is irrelevant. Those laws don't apply outside of public places. Uh, you know, stand your ground really, I think, can you know, makes most sense to think of as taking the castle doctrine and moving it into public. So, again, you know, we were talking about uh, two cases that might stand on the castle doctrine, but even then you still have to establish, you know, other elements of reasonable self-defense. And, um, you know, again, I think the shooting shooting at a car in your driveway from your porch, tough, tough to make a case, in my view, although they, he may end up making a case. Um you know, the, the one in Kansas City doesn't seem great, but on the other hand, and I don't know the particular law in that state, but in some cases, Castle Ground, uh, you know, uh, presumes that if, if someone is trying to break into your home, that legal, lethal force is presumed as a reasonable response. And there's some talk that maybe the, the kid was pulling on the handle of the screen door. Um, you know, that's... Again, I don't know whether that's factual or not, but it, but as a hypothetical, if he were, then someone on the inside could be thinking this person is trying to break into my home, and Castle Doctrine in that state might allow the use of lethal force in that case. Um, the other thing I you know I might add there is though there's um, you know sort of what you can do legally, and then sort of what you should do, yeah. and then what you must do. You know, some people talk about that can, should, must kind of continuum. And, um, you know, I think that, again, there's a, as a force multiplier that, uh, you know, a mistake with a firearm is, you know, Claude Werner, my friend says, you know, uh, a serious mistake with a firearm is quite serious indeed. So, you know, to get to have that must to be in that must frame of mind, I think is really important. It's interesting. Do you, I don't even know, because really what castle doctrine and stand your ground do is describe um, uh, protocols for using lethal force. Um, is probably a good way of describing what what they do. And I'm not even sure. 
like even if you went in uh, to these different states and repealed stand your ground and castle doctrine, you know, repealed that section of their penal code, um, it wouldn't. Have ch- I don't think it really would have changed much in in these cases that, that everybody's calling you about. Number one, number two, it's it's kind of ingrained now. You know, I, I, it, it's. It, it's kind of just accepted, whether or not these laws are on the books or not, that the, these are the principles of of lethal force. I don't know. Am I am I reading that right or or no? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I hope that everybody who you know certainly lawfully carries a firearm in public understands the the laws of self defense and when they can and can't use lethal force. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't see a lot of cases of people inappropriately shooting other people you know, in, in public lawful concealed carriers. Uh, so, you know, I, there's there, whether they know the law or whether they just act prudently and therefore within the law, you don't hear a lot of these cases. Um, you know, and again, when, when it happens, we hear about it, like Michael Dunn uh, shooting Jordan Davis, the, at the uh, gas station in Jacksonville, he's, he's in jail for murder, you know? And so, uh, the laws exist for a reason, and you know people who work outside the law hopefully are punished. But most gun owners are are trying to work within the law, and uh, you know so that's why I, I feel like a, there's a lot of uh, I don't want to say much ado about nothing because uh, I don't think it, it's harmful for us to have intelligent conversations about these things as a reminder. But it's it's not an either an endemic or an epidemic problem. Uh, you know people mistakenly shooting people and claiming self-defense so being a sociologist being a gun owner yourself if i remember correctly um would you describe yourself as an advocate when it comes to second amendment issues or or uh or or do you or, or just an educator you know and try to try to keep it you know down the center of the plate you know, I, I try not to get too political uh, directly. You know, I uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a gun owner. I'm, I have a concealed carry permit. Uh, you know, I exercise my Second Amendment rights. I own an AR-15. You know, um, so, you know, maybe my behavior speaks for itself. Uh, but, you know, I think it's important when I'm speaking publicly that, uh, you know, people take me seriously. And so there I do, you know, try to just, speak factually. Like, I'm not advocating that, that people should use lethal force and self-defense, but if you do, you know, you should know the law. Most people do, you know, sort of setting setting some broad parameters for, you know, uh, someone like Chuck Todd or Trey Gowdy, they can, they can take that information and do what they want to with it politically. Uh, you know, my job is, you know, to try to be uh, an educator and, and to inform the public. And, you know, I... I feel good about the fact that I can talk to people who have a range of political views on on the gun issue and that you know, people want to hear what I have to say and take it seriously, I hope. So that's that's the like tightrope I try to walk there. Well, I truly appreciate what you, what you do and the way you talk about it and the way you present yourself. It's really fascinating to me, extremely interesting, and uh, I, I'm a fan. I really do like your work a lot. If if people want to learn more about you or follow you, etc., what what do you, how do they how do they find you? Yeah, you know, I think probably for for your audience, uh, you know, if they either Google Gun Culture 2.0 or go to uh, Gun Culture Number Two, the word point and zero dot com, probably 
easier now that I say it just to Google gunculture2.0.com and my name, and that'll pull up my uh, my blog site. Uh, and I've also been doing um, some YouTube videos last year, as we probably talked about, and then you know I got away from that a little bit and tried to come back to it. Uh, but that would be lightoverheat.com. Lightoverheat.com. That's awesome. Thank you so much, David Yamani. Yeah. That's Y A M A N E. Always a pleasure. Truly appreciate you. Thank you. I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to come back, and I look forward to talking to you guys again. All right, buddy. Hey, we look forward to it. All right, folks. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Yeah, I think we should take a break. Why not? I, li- I really like listening to that guy. I do, too. I think he does uh, great work. And he Check out his podcast. Articulate. Yeah, please do. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Folks, Gun Owners Radio's back, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. You know, a self-defense event happens in a matter of seconds. What? I know. Scary, huh? And the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. That's a fact. I really pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you had better be ready. That's why USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you to discover more about USCCA. You need to visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but California, as bad as our gun laws are, actually has uh, in their penal code uh, both uh, – uh, Castle Doctrine language and Stand Your Ground language, and they've had it there really? for a long time. Interesting. That's why, because it's been it was there before all the the you yeah. know the patients took over the yeah the circus the whatever there yeah. So, um, but uh, I don't think honestly, there's not there just isn't. I don't know. I say this. I was about to say there isn't really a way to reverse it. But <laughs> they'd figure it out. They'd They'll figure it out a way. So. Sure they would. All right. What do you say? Stop my nephew. Everybody's favorite. Um, Stop my nephew. We found out a few years ago. A few years ago now, that my nephew, Sam, the gunman, is extremely good with, with gun trivia. So, if you send us a question and we use it on the air, we'll, hand, we'll send you a hat or a shirt. And if you stump my nephew, then you'll get a special, special prize. And uh, very few people get to stump my nephew. He doesn't get the questions before. Um, the first time he hears the question is right here on the air. So, and he's done a fantastic job. How you doing, Sam? Not bad. How are you guys? Fantastic. Did you listen to uh, my interview with David Yamani? No, I didn't catch it. Well, it was fascinating. I'll have to go back and uh, listen to it once it's up on YouTube. There you go. That's a good plug. All right. Um, ready for the question? Yeah, let's have it. Okay. John from San Diego asks, what is the first offensive handgun? What is the what was the first offensive handgun? John from San Diego, uh, first offensive handgun. Now um, I'm not sure I completely understand the wording of the question, but I think I know what he's getting at here. Um, I believe he is referring to the offensive handgun weapon system, which was a project by U.S. SOCOM <laughs> back in 
the 80s or the 90s? Am I on? Is keep first going, of all, Zach. Keep going. Yeah, you're, you're on the great. track. I can't even believe you would get this one. <laughs> I read this thing three times. Ago. Uh, There's no I, way. I seriously, I was going to sit there and go, you know what, Sam? This is kind of weird. Yeah, it's I never don't think gonna you're going to get it. I, I was going to apologize in advance and everything. Keep going, man. Yeah. You're doing great. Well, keep going. Um, the, the, the reason the program was called that is because handguns in military use are typically defensive weapons, a weapon of last resort. Um, but us SOCOM wanted a bigger, beefier handgun in a big caliber, um, that would be suitable as a primary combat weapon in extremely tight quarters. Um, like when doing visit board search and seizure operations at the high seas, or um, inside uh, buildings, all sorts of confined areas like that. Um, they wanted a 45 ACP pistol with, I believe, a 10 or 12 round magazine capacity. I don't remember exactly. Um, and the ability to mount a uh, light laser module. And uh, a few companies submitted pistols. Colt submitted one that really was an absolute mess and did not go anywhere and did not enter serial, serial production. Um, but what SOCOM did choose was the HK-USB. Um, so that's why if you grew up in the 90s and watched action movies or played video games in the 90s, the USP is in every one of them uh, because that's when it really became popular. It's a thoroughly modern design um, developed specifically for the offensive handgun weapon system program. Um, very robust, reliable, durable, absolute beast of a pistol. Honestly, if I were listening, Dave, I wouldn't believe this was real. I, I really wouldn't. I know. I seriously, I'd be like, "Wow, well, they clearly prepare them." I I take a lot of pleasure in in <laughs> stumping you our know. guests. I really do. Not I am. So here's the answer. Excellent job. Uh, here's the answer. In the early 1990s, U.S. SOCOM needed a new service pistol. Uh, they held the offensive handgun weapon system trials where only Colt and H&K participated. H&K's Mark 23, which is exactly what you described, was the winner. The winning platform also included a suppressor from Knight's Armament and a laser aiming module. Called a Mark 23 for the civilian market, most people collect the pistol for one of two reasons. It's history in U.S. SOCOM, where it was issued to uh, special operations, special forces, and two it being prominently featured in 1998's hit video game, Konami's Metal Gear Solid. So, John from San Diego, uh, you're going to get a hat or a shirt. Let us know. But you did not stump, stump my nephew. My nephew. Correct! I, I thought this was so vague. I did, too. I didn't think you were going to get it. Not even. I really didn't. Think not even close. That's, that's well, that, that's one of those ones where you either know it or you don't. Yeah. Uh, the Mark 23 is is really cool, but they're hard to get. Um, but it's just it's just a basically a variant of the USP, and you can get USPs. They're still making them, um, even though they've officially replaced it with the HK45 and the P30 and the VP9. Um, I actually have a USP compact. I don't know if USPs are on the roster in California, but it's. They're like they're fine. Um, they're really cool, but the funny thing is, despite being such a legendary pistol and having that reputation, it really does not shoot any better than just like a basic stock Glock or M and P. HK's got uh, quite the reputation. When I was a man, when I was a kid, I wanted an MP5 so bad, so bad. Everyone wants an MP5 as a kid. Uh, Some did people you ever get one? To be able to afford one. Yeah, they're like, what are they like? Forty grand? Oops. 
Yeah, that's a yeah. tad over your budget. <laughs> that's a little over the budget. Um, awesome job, Sam. Fantastic job. Are you a fan of H&K in general? Um, I'm not really a fan of the company, but they make some cool products. I just, I, I wish they would do some better support for the civilian market, yeah. but I understand they have some difficulties with export laws in Germany, but, uh, they make some cool stuff. I mean, I, I own a USP, so, uh, that I guess should at least say something. Yeah. You're well, halfway that, there. That VP nine, everybody, everybody likes that thing. I think, isn't, I think, John, I think John Korea is a big VP nine guy. I think. I don't have to. I don't remember. I think he was uh, a big fan. All right. Um, what's your? Tell us about your blog, man. My most recent blog post from this past Monday, the seventeenth, um, was about trade shows. It's um, I. It, it went up in time for NRAM, um, which was that same weekend. And basically, what I talk about there is how um, a lot of companies will unveil new products at trade shows, like at NRAM and at Shot. Um, and then everyone immediately calls up their local gun store the next day and asks, hey, do you have the thus and such yet? No, they don't. Um, it's, you, you have to wait for them to come in. And so I sort of I talk about the, um, my perspective from having worked behind a gun counter about new products in general, new product announcements and releases, and uh, what you should kind of know going in instead of just, you know, every, everyone sees these new guns and, and new uh, accessories on online on the internet and they go oh i want that and then they immediately want to buy it and so i just talk about kind of the thought process behind maybe you should maybe you shouldn't maybe you should wait and here's how you do that the best way i am so boring when it comes to guns i have a 30 and a 19 i've owned that 19 since uh like the earth cooled and i bought that clock 19 mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i bought it in uh I think I bought it in like '98. Wow! Uh, I think I bought it's a it in classic. Well, I bought it in '98, and it was actually manufactured in '94. Yeah, it's a classic. Uh, I got a really good deal at Discount Gun Mart, as a matter of fact. Um, so anyway, and then I got a thirty. Um, you know, same size but forty-five caliber. I'm so boring with guns. There's not as honestly. If if the I, I, you don't have a roster to work from, you know. Well, I was about to say if the roster went away tomorrow, I don't know what I'd buy. Yes, you do. I, I really all don't. of them. What would I buy? I think every the only thing I keep saying over and over again is everybody was so excited about the Hellcat that it kind of it kind of I don't know. You lose its. It's you you specifically don't want one because everyone else wants one? No, I don't know. So that's usually me. You're right, Sam. I'm usually that guy. But for whatever reason, uh, the Hellcats uh, piqued my interest. So I might, I might, I might. If it, once we get rid of that roster with our lawsuit or whatever, um, that might be where I'd go. Is that would be a good but I'm present. Not even, I'm not even itching to get another gun. I'm totally happy. I got a couple of shotguns. I got a couple of rifles. I got a couple of pistols. That's all you need. That's all you need. A lot of ammo. I don't, I don't have as much ammo as I would like. So anyway, what, what about you, Sam? Yeah. What are you itching to buy? Um, well, I don't really have anything at the top of my list at the moment, but yeah, the Hellcat was actually a perfect example of what I'm talking about, about it released to great fanfare. Like they had a countdown to the announcement on, on Springfield's website. Yep, it was yep. kind of funky. Um, but it actually, like it, it wasn't vaporware. I was skeptical of it because it's a Springfield pistol. Yeah. Um, and I really do not like the XD for a variety of reasons, but the Hellcat is really a solid gun. They've sold, they've been selling very well and um, they actually have a pretty decent aftermarket. There, there are some really, really excellent aftermarket triggers for the Hellcat. 
and, and I, the don't, Hellcat I don't I don't think uh and it's not related to the uh I think if it were a variant of the XD I would not be interested. But I don't think it has it's totally it's built totally different DNA. Standalone. Yeah, it has some similarities, but it like everything has some similarities these days because every modern pistol is the same thing. Um but it's it's pretty much a clean sheet design. Um I don't own one, I haven't shot one, but they, they they seem to be pretty good. They're popular. People like them. They're very well liked. It that might be the gun that rescues Springfield's reputation. Well, the other so you know the other pistol I think I'd I'd want. Now, see here I'm you know all of a sudden I want to all of a sudden now I got a Christmas list. Yeah, uh, I have I, for years I've wanted the TRP. A night I don't have a 1911. Springfield's TRP is kind of cool. I think. Well, save don't your pennies. Don't buy the TRP. No, like. They're cool, but do you really want to spend however many thousands of dollars for a 1911? Well, that's why I don't have it. That's why he doesn't have it. (laughs) Sam, thanks a million, man. You did a great job as usual. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks. Good night. Subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and stop by any of our sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training, International U.S. Concealed Carry. Big shout out to Michael Schwartz and good man Brendan Jackson right here on KCBQ. And don't forget Bob Siegel's in the house. AM 1170, The Answer.